You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 245 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Welcome back. It's good to have you back in the studio uh, this week, and we are approaching the end of May. Um which uh, means we're getting close to the Stanley Cup final. There's one team who has advanced, as we record, Florida Panthers into the Stanley Cup final. And um, we'll find out soon. Vegas leads uh, the Western Conference final three games to one over Dallas. We'll find out who Florida will be facing um, very soon. Yeah, Dallas was down 0 and 3 <laughs> until they lost that until they won that fourth game just the other day. Uh we'll know by the end of the weekend if uh, Dallas is going to be able to make a comeback here. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think we're going to be in in for a Vegas versus Florida and all uh, nice warm weather <laughs> Stanley Cup <laughs> final. Uh Really liked uh, Rob Brendamore's quotes at the end of that uh, Florida series uh, where Carolina got swept, uh, pretty much saying that uh, he didn't uh, he didn't get beat, but uh, the team just happened to lose, and he was pretty happy with how Carolina played. And to be honest, I, I don't know what else Carolina could have done to win any of those games. It just seemed that uh, the puck luck was not there. You're you're absolutely right. Um, yes, they could have. Uh, had more offense. Yes, they could have scored more goals, but they were, um, th- their, their style of play is incredible. The high pace they play at, uh, the, the way they pressure uh, the uh, their opponent all over the ice, especially in the forecheck, they have a very structured kind of defensive game and um, they were the better team. Um, you know, they controlled possession. They they outshot uh, Florida in, in every game, I believe. Um, they just, Florida would find a way, uh, and, and will, uh, a way to, to win. Um, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky was, was excellent. Not, and, and, um, the Carolina goaltending, both Ranta and, and Anderson were good as well, but, 
Bobrovsky was better. Matthew Kachuk was incredible. Paul Maurice um, um, behind the bench making the moves that he had to make. It, it It's incredible uh, what Florida has been able to do and knocking off Boston, the best team in, in the league, uh, Carolina's second best team, and t- Toronto, the fourth best team. And uh, not to mention that Florida very nearly missed the playoffs this year, too. Well, that's right. (laughs) Uh, If you look at the West, uh, I believe Calgary actually had more points than Florida. Just uh, rub more salt into that wound. And uh, Calgary missed the playoffs. So, you know what? Uh, I guess it doesn't matter how it happened, but uh, Florida got in there and they seem to be willing this thing to victory. Well, if not for Pittsburgh, losing to Chicago. um, Five to two. On that last game. Yeah, it Florida doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyways, uh, we'll uh, start uh, giving you some Montreal Canadiens content, as we know that's what our listeners like to tune in for. Uh, Plenty of interesting stuff coming up on this episode. Uh, We'll start some things off with uh, some light uh, news headlines. Uh, We'll get into Habs prospects and a little bit of an update on the draft. In segment two, uh, our big topic segment, we have a very special guest uh, yet again. This is two episodes in a row where we have a really awesome draft analyst. Uh, this week, it's Sportsnet Sam Cosentino. So we'll welcome him into the show. And then segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is, should Kent Hughes pass on the forward talent at the top of the draft and select a defenseman with the fifth overall pick? We want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to us? You can reach out to us uh, by text, first of all. Uh, 24 hours a day, we have a Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853ROCKET. Um, or you can send us an email. Uh, our email address is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And you can also reach out to us on our social media. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. Starting things off with some light headlines from this past week, uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard was named the ambassador for the first annual Prestige Classic Classic in Saguenay. It's going to be a golf tournament. Uh, It should be pretty fun. Uh, Nice to see how many Montreal Canadiens players have had their own uh, golf tournaments put together to raise money for charity. We've talked about Jake Allen's uh, tournament um, that he's had uh, that supports his foundation and and, uh, several charities in the past, nice to see Raphael Harvey Pinard getting involved as well, putting together a foundation uh, and working together uh, with with uh, uh, the folks at the Saguenay Arvita Golf Club to uh, put together uh, a tournament of his own. This will be the first annual uh, Prestige Classic, um, and it'll raise funds for uh, the Palliative Care Unit um, in uh, Saguenay as well as the Saguenay Minor Hockey Association. Um, so I, I think a really great at his uh, young age to, to start this, get involved. And I thought it was, it's kind of cute that he said, oh, by the way, as he's announcing his golf tournament, remember, I'm not playing in Laval next year, <laughs> um, <laughs> as he said several times. And, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, um, uh, he's, he's really got his eyes focused on uh, training camp in the fall for the Canadians. There was a Carey Price sighting, uh, this time out in Nova Scotia. Uh, the man on the ice, he's the king of the blue paint, but uh, swap out that goalie stick for a fishing rod. And he's king of the river. Uh, he took in a huge fish this past uh, week, didn't he? Enormous. 40-inch um, uh, striped bass. Uh, apparently he brought in several of them, 
but the biggest of which was uh, a 40-inch uh, long fish. The pictures are amazing, uh, posted uh, by the guide that uh, that took him out, and of course he released them all. But uh, yeah, good to see a big smile on his face um, out uh, doing what one of the things he loves best, uh, fishing, hunting, and of course playing goal. Uri Slavkovsky has returned to the ice and has begun training. Uh, nice to see that uh, he's recovered enough to get back on the ice, and uh, nice to see he's making good use of his offseason. He's over in Slo- uh, Slovakia, and his uh, trainer posted pictures on uh, Instagram, uh, Eric Belyasar, um, and big, big smiles uh, for Slavkovsky on the ice. Um, and he looks good, too. He's he's wearing his uh, Montreal Canadiens practice gear on the ice over in uh, Slovakia. Cole Caulfield uh, made a big step in his recovery from shoulder surgery. Uh, if you remember, Cole Caulfield underwent a season-ending shoulder injury. He was required to get surgery, and uh, it's nice to see that uh, he's getting back and recovering nice. All the news coming from Instagram. Cole Caulfield posting uh, to Instagram uh, this week. Uh, pictures of him playing pickleball. Um, so he's got to be reasonably recovered from his shoulder surgery or at least has gotten approval from the doctors uh, to play pickleball. He His goal was, we heard him um, near the end of the season say he wanted to be on the golf course uh, by the end of May. So uh, maybe that is what's coming next. Yeah, and uh, we'll also note here uh, the contract negotiations with the Cole Caulfield are underway. I don't think there's anything major to report, though, right? Uh, everyone close to the the scene on both sides says that it's, uh, first of all, they're not close. Uh, the, the negotiations continue. Um, the two parties aren't close at this point, uh, and it's just been very quiet. Still lots of time, still nothing to get too excited about, but uh, don't be expecting to hear any announcements anytime soon. Yeah, and I think uh, just based off of speculation, uh, it's no surprise that uh, they're not uh, very close at this moment in time. Uh, Cole Caulfield in two seasons, he's not played a full 82 NHL games yet. Although when he has been able to score, he's been able to lead the team. So you can see why these two parties are so far apart at this point. No, you're right. And and Pat Brisson, it was, it was said that he was uh, looking for a Tim Stutzla kind of contract. Um, but the, the, the argument on the other side is, is exactly what you said. Um, he has 53 goals in 123 games in two plus seasons. Um, hasn't been able to finish, um, uh, you know, he's been great when he's been in the lineup, but you can see what the argument on the other side is if they're looking for a, a Stutzla kind of contract. So we'll make sure that we keep you up to date through this busy offseason. Make sure you check out Habs Notepad and the Habs headlines as posts appear at HabsHockeyReport.com. Looking at our roster news, we have a number of Montreal Canadiens players participating in the 2023 IIHF World Championship. That's seven to be exact. And uh, the recently eliminated Yoel Armia, he put up three points with uh, Team Finland. Uh, Team Finland will not be in the semifinals. Uh, a couple of younger players for the Habs and Justin Barron, Sean Farrell, Lane Hudson, Luke Tuck, uh, they've all uh, had uh, a bit of a role on their teams. Uh, with the exception of Lane Hudson, uh, the other three have had limited minutes, although they've put up a few points here and there. Lane Hudson, man, he's been a bit of a highlight in this tournament, putting up some highlight real goals, and you can see the raw skill, can't you? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, the, in the other players that you mentioned, there's there's glimpses. Um, Justin Barron, uh, three points, three assists um, in in limited uh, actions uh, throughout the the tournament. Um, but uh, in Saturday's game uh, against Latvia, uh, breakout pass, uh, 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 Barron to Lucic to an amazing goal by Adam Fantilli, uh, an assist on a winning goal from. Um, from Justin Barron, um, and it's fascinating. Lane Hudson, um, incredible um, uh, p- points and goals, and and he's the seventh defenseman on Team USA. Um, he's just been uh, incredible, um, I think, and and uh, really turning heads uh, at the at the tournament. Uh, a couple of goaltenders as well. Frederick Decau playing for Team Denmark. He's gotten into four games. Uh, he's put up a 3-1 record. He's looked not too bad, uh, although I don't know that he's a starter on Team Denmark, but uh, nice to see him being given that opportunity. Uh, Sam Montembeau suiting up for Team Canada in five games. He has a 4-1 record. Uh, he's been decent so far. I, I don't think he's faced uh, too difficult of competition. Um He's had a few weak goals scored against him. I think that's fair to say, but uh, this Team Canada team seems to be so good that uh, he's not having to stop too many pucks. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Decal was uh, was the starter for Denmark, but uh, until he ran into an injury uh, again in the U.S. game, I believe, um, Sam Montembeau is Sam Montembeau. He has a good game. He has a bad game. He's He's been up and down, uh, but a great team around him. Um, he, he wasn't great against uh, Switzerland, uh, not terrific against Latvia either, but um, he hasn't had to be, and, and he's not facing, I think he had 17 uh, shots he faced against uh, Latvia. Soft goal today against, or, or sorry, against Czechia, the, the soft goal came against Latvia. Um, it, it's, 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 um, it's Sam Montembeau. It's it's the inconsistency <laughs> makes him look terrific in one game and not so much in the next. Uh, so a semifinals update for that. Uh, Team Canada played against Team Latvia this morning. Uh, Canada came away victorious with a 4-2 victory, so they'll be heading to the finals. Uh, USA versus Germany currently underway. Uh, I, I believe USA has a lead as we speak. And that, as you said, that will make up the uh, gold medal game on Sunday. Uh, just a note here as well, as we talk about some of the Canadians goaltending prospects, uh, the Canadians have to make a decision on Frederick Decau and Joe Verbetic by June 1st to sign them to ELCs. Uh, we've talked about how Montreal needs some good goaltending prospects. So here's an opportunity to bring in uh, a couple of guys that have, uh, I guess a little bit of potential and uh, start grooming them to see what they can become. Uh, Deco is 22 years old. He was uh, a fifth-round pick in the 2019 uh, draft, uh, 6'4", so he's got the size that uh, the Canadians uh, scouts like. Um, last year, he was a backup for Fralunda in the SHL, probably would go back there again. Uh, but yes, needs to be signed if, if the Canadians want to uh, retain his rights. Uh, Joe, Joe Verbetic, um, 6'6", um, and he is 20 years old. He was uh, a seventh-round pick in 2021. Um, most uh, of his time spent last season in Trois-Rivières. Uh, he got into four games uh, for uh, Laval and had a 2-1 and one record. Again, both of those players uh, need to be signed 
uh, by June 1st. So we expect uh, if we're going to hear anything, well, we'll hear it this coming week uh, if the Canadians want to keep their rights and keep them in the system. So let's uh, continue along talking prospects. And uh, here's our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So right now, uh, the Memorial Cup uh, finals are underway. We have four teams left, uh, Cam Loops Blazers, the Quebec Ramparts, Seattle Thunderbirds, and Peterborough Peets. And there are two Habs prospects involved. Of course, for Seattle, it's Jared Davidson. Uh, through 19 games, he's put up 23 points. A bit of an underrated season by him. And it seems like Seattle has had uh, a nice, easy, uh, and smooth time getting through these uh, WHL finals. Uh, they got through the WHL final in about five games. Uh, Jared Davidson has had a good regular season. And uh, there's a lot of talent on that Seattle uh, team, but has played a key role uh, with them uh, throughout. Um, and uh, we don't hear from, uh, we don't hear a lot about Jared Davidson, uh, but we don't hear from him that much. So um, here's a, here's a clip uh, prior to uh, his, the, the game, um, um, Seattle Thunderbirds and uh, Peterborough Peets are going to play on uh, Saturday. Here's a quote from Jared Davidson. Yeah, it feels great. Um, it, it's always nice to, to be able to come and represent your league. Um, and, and winning it and having that uh, recognition for everybody is good. Um, so, yeah, it's special to be here. It's, it's a big tournament, so uh, we're all happy to be here. On a personal note, you're, you're still looking for, for a contract with the Montreal Canadiens. Are you, are, you, uh, are you happy with your season, of what you did this year? Yeah, I think I had a good season. Um, I think the, the regular season was good, playoffs went well. Um, I, I don't think I could ask for, for much more, and um, whatever's going to happen is going to happen now. So pretty matter of fact, um, he, he's done what he can to show the organization that he deserves a contract. Um, it'll either happen or not. Um, <clears throat> Seattle, as you said, they are the, uh, the WHL Western Hockey League uh, reps. Uh, they won the, the Western Hockey League championship. Quebec won the, the um, Quebec Ramparts won the uh, QMJHL. Uh, Kamloops is there by virtue as they are the host. They are the host team. And then the OHL champs are the Peterborough Peets, um, which uh, feature Owen Beck. And uh, what can we say about Owen Beck? What a season for Owen Beck. Um, Up and down and all over the place. Uh, He had an incredible training camp, which we remember, a Montreal Canadiens training camp. Um, he, He was bypass for the world juniors and then gets a, a late late uh um invite um while the while the tournament's going on to replace Colton Doc who suffered an injury um then he got traded in early January from uh, Mississauga to to Peterborough uh they go on and and sometime in January he got a call up an emergency call up uh, to the Montreal Canadiens so he makes his NHL debut um, and then goes on uh, with uh, Peterborough to win the OHL championship. Um, in that um, in that OHL final against London, um, he there was a slew foot incident, um, and it was a slew foot on Jackson Edward of the London Knights. Um, the OHL committee disciplinary committee got together and said he deserved a two game suspension. 
Um, he he served the one game. That was the last game of um, of that final, which Peterborough won. And so he still had one game remaining um, of his suspension. And the question was whether whether he was going to be able to play in the memorial the first game of the Memorial Cup final. Um, and oddly, who knew who knew this uh, that the NHL Department of Player Safety looks after all of disciplinary issues for uh, the Memorial Cup tournament. So they met, they reviewed the incident and reduced his suspension to one game, thereby making him eligible for game one uh, that happens to be against Seattle uh, of the uh, Memorial Cup. Uh, What what can you say? What else could he experience in this, uh, this last year? Yeah, he seems to have a little bit of good luck, at least. Uh, kind of odd that that suspension gets reduced, but uh, good for him. We'll have at least one Montreal Canadiens prospects in the final one of Owen Beck or Jared Davidson. And uh, we do get to hear from Owen Beck on uh, what it's like to be at the Memorial Cup. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think everybody kind of shares uh, the same feeling here. Um, you know, uh, we're all kind of just... Um, almost surprised that uh, we're really here. Um, you know, we, we worked hard, super hard, and earned it. But uh, yeah, just actually, you know, being here in Kamloops and, and at, at the Memorial Cup is an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really excited. You know, you don't get here too often, so you want to make the most of it and, and uh, get in all the games. So yeah, I was uh, really happy to, to find out that I was playing game one. <laughs> Very grateful. Um, and, and yeah, you want to make the most of it. You want to be in every game. And, and so he's very appreciative of the NHL making that ruling, making him eligible uh, for game one. Um, so this is a turn. The Memorial Cup is a tournament that will go on all this next week. Um, and uh, everybody plays everybody in, in the uh, in the round robin. Um, and then the uh, semifinal and final will be um, next weekend um, uh, to play for the, the Memorial Cup in uh, Kamloops. There's only been one game played. That was Friday night. Um, and the Quebec, Quebec Ramparts kind of had their way with the host Kamloops, uh, an 8-3 win. Uh, Kamloops, is, uh, they've been off for a bit, um, and uh, they looked a bit rusty on Friday night. Yeah, so we'll make sure we keep you up to date on uh, everything that happens at this Memorial Cup. And also be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone as that comes out every single Tuesday. Hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams. Sometimes Rick Stevens gets in there. So that's your inside source to stay up to date with everything. Montreal Canadiens prospects, AHL, and uh, Laval Rocket. We do have some updates on uh, the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, Each week we're going to be giving you a little bit of an update on the latest news and uh, rankings as it's relevant to Canadians fans. And this week it seems like Nick Suzuki expects to be in Nashville along with some other Montreal Canadians. So they'll be attending the draft. Uh, Nice to see Captain Nick's going to be making the trip there. I'm sure uh, if any fans travel to Nashville for the draft, they'll be uh, lucky to be able to see him there. Yeah, uh, Nick um, uh, Suzuki was in Blainville um, in a Bauer um, uh, facility going through getting fitted for for new equipment, uh, the Bauer Innovation Center. And um, got a chance to speak to the media and, and he, he tossed this out that uh, Kent, uh, Kent Hughes had asked around and said, uh, hey, anybody want to go to the draft? Nick says he's probably going. 
um, and uh, said that Caden Gooley will also be there and maybe some others. Um, and uh, interesting that, that um, Nick Suzuki offered his opinion, um, saying that uh, at fifth overall, we will have a very good player. Um, who impresses him most? He mentions uh, he mentioned the name of Will Smith, uh, Matt Vimichkov, and Leo Carlson. Um, although he says, quote, uh, there's a few defensemen that seem to be pushing to reach into the top five as well. Um, which, keep that in mind uh, when we get <laughs> to uh, our second segment uh, with Sam Cosentino. Uh, the other thing that uh, kind of made news, um, interesting that that uh, the captain spoke his mind. We remember that um, Kent Hughes at the end of the season mentioned the playoff word. And uh, uh, Nick Suzuki seems to follow along or at least was motivated by that kind of talk. And he said, uh, we're tired of, quote, we're tired of losing and finishing last. Uh, We have to start winning again with the players we have, our, our style of play and our coaching staff. We can definitely push for the playoffs. Um, so that should be music to the ears of Canadians fans as well. Yeah, pretty optimistic. I think everyone is pretty tired of losing. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see if that's part of the process still for next season. But uh, nice to see that uh, the captain was able to come out and talk a little bit. And uh, nice to see that he's motivated to win at least. For sure. And uh, also, uh, Rick, I'll uh, tee you up for this one. Uh, Rocket Sports would uh, like to see you at the 2023 NHL Entry Draft. I believe uh, a lot of years in the past, uh, the Rocket Sports has been given tickets to the NHL Entry Draft, and that's uh, it's been pretty cool. I went last year when it was here in Montreal. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us about this? Well, the NHL Entry Draft is one of the premier events on on the calendar. Um, and, and it's just an amazing, if you haven't been to the draft before, it's an amazing event. Everybody in hockey is there. And even as you're roaming around the corridors of the arena, uh, you run into everybody, um, not only the prospects, but, uh, GMs and scouts and, and, um, members of, of hockey ops from every team. Um, and so many years ago, uh, when, when the 2009 draft was in Montreal, uh, Rocket Sports uh, entered into a partnership with the National Hockey League uh, to give experience, uh, to give the experience of, of being at the draft uh, to fans and to fans of, of all teams. Um, we've we've uh, we've provided tickets uh, to to certainly Montreal Canadiens fans, but also tickets uh, to, to fans of every team, uh, and we've done that many many times over the years. Uh, and in most cases, uh, we are given uh, by the NHL uh, reserved seats that you can't get um, by going to, to the box office, the general admission uh, tickets. I, I remember in, in Chicago, uh, we were right on um, up against the boards and, of course, the glasses down and, and right uh, there at the draft floor. Nick Suzuki was right beside me when, when uh, changing his, his jacket into his jersey when he, when he was called. Um, it's an incredible event. Um, so what we're wanting to give uh, fans an opportunity, if, um, if you'd want to go to the draft, um, to, uh, to, to, to win one of these tickets um, or a pair of these tickets that we have available. So what we need from you is who you are uh, and your location um, and why you want, tell us why you want to see the draft in person. 
Uh, now you can reach out to us on social media, um, Habs Connection um, at, on Twitter or at Rocket Sports. Send us a text to our Rocket Sports text line, 5853 Rocket, or send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. We want to make uh, a real special experience um, and, uh, and, and take some fans. Um, uh, you'll provide the, the, a way to get there and, and your hotel and your meals when you get there, but we'll have uh, premium tickets for you. Um, uh, just, it's, it's uh, take Michael's word for it, it's, uh, it's an amazing, uh, unique experience on the hockey calendar. Yeah, it is really cool. And uh, honestly, being in Montreal last year, just wandering around the streets, you know, you look over and, oh, there's Brian Burke just casually <laughs> there. And nice guy, too. He was there talking to some fans. So uh, I definitely recommend uh, attending at least one NHL entry draft uh, in your life, if not many. So definitely reach out to us and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, ending off the segment with some uh, hockey news from around the league, and uh, this is very general manager heavy. Uh, over in Calgary, uh, Craig Conroy was named the general manager of the Calgary Flames, uh, taking over for Brad Tree Living, uh, former player, uh, somebody that worked uh, his way up within the organization. Uh, I think this is a nice pick. I'm uh, pretty happy for Craig Conroy to get this opportunity. Yeah, lots of experience, and and uh, is is. Uh seems to be well-received by the, the fans in Calgary as well. And uh, this next one, I'm probably going to have something to say about. Uh, the NHL has announced their uh, general manager of the year, top three nominations. Um, the first one goes to Jim Nill of the Dallas Stars, then Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins, and finally Bill Zito of the Florida Panthers. Uh, I think it's interesting that Zito's getting a nomination here after the Panthers nearly missed the playoffs. I think there's probably some recency bias going on. Uh, Don Sweeney and the Boston Bruins, no surprise there. Uh, the Boston Bruins are probably one of the best uh, regular season teams ever this past season. Couldn't make it work in the playoffs. I liked some of the moves they made at the deadline, but uh, going into this season, I think it was just a lot of players that were sticking around or coming back out of retirement uh, like a David Krejci. So I, I, I don't, eh, I, I'm all right with that nomination. I don't know that I have him as my winner. Uh, Jim Nill of the Dallas Stars is an interesting one. Uh, I like the contract with uh, Jason Robertson, but uh, I don't know that he made a ton of moves over uh, last offseason and this year. Yeah, um, I guess you can't argue with with the success. Uh, Jill Nil, uh, Jim Nill in, in the Western Conference Final. Um, and we remember that uh, he was, for about a second or two, a candidate for a general manager in Montreal until he was reminded that um, he didn't have the language requirement. Um, but he, he's, uh, he's done pretty well in, in, uh, in Dallas with the young talent they have. Uh, Don Sweeney, yeah, uh, I, I agree with what you said. Bill Zito, I, I guess it's just the bold moves that he made. Um, going from the present champion um, Florida Panthers who couldn't win in the playoffs to the almost missed the playoffs and, and, uh, and strong um, and, and took a while for them to come together. I'm, I'm expecting this to be a Bill Zito win. Yeah. It really feels like it's headed in that direction, but uh, that uh, will be it for the first segment. Uh, We're going to get to our Sam Cosentino interview in segment two, uh, but first we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Think you know who's going to win between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers? Or maybe you're feeling a certain way about how Vegas or Seattle is going to do. Whatever your choice is, go to DraftKings Sportsbook and make your bets before round two begins. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just a little reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss a single episode as we're here every single uh, Saturday throughout this busy off season. Last week we had uh, Russ Cohen come in and uh, offer up his expertise on the NHL uh, 2023 draft. And this week uh, we're just waiting for Sam Cosentino, who is one of the most knowledgeable draft experts in the industry. He works with Sportsnet. Uh, Cosentino's prospect rankings and uh, mock drafts are among some of the most trusted by hockey fans uh, around the league. Uh, Sam appears regularly as a hockey analyst on Sportsnet and the NHL Network, so we're very happy to be able to uh, invite him back into the studio. Uh, he's been a reoccurring guest for us, and uh, honestly, great listen. Uh, he seems to be uh, one of my favorite listens uh, when we're talking about the NHL draft. Well, I am very happy to be back in the studio uh, for the second re- week running here for the Big Topic segment on Canadians Connection uh, with Rick Stevens. Uh, as well. And this week, we're back with another terrific draft related interview. Uh, a gentleman that we very much admire, respect, and always enjoy having terrific conversations with. Uh, and this one, I think, is going to be pretty exciting because, uh, bar none, this is obviously one of the better and best drafts that we uh, have witnessed in the past uh, handful of years uh, as as hockey media and hockey fans out there listening. So I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show and introduce Sam Cosentino, NHL draft analyst for Sportsnet. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great. So happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, it's kind of a great time to have you on, Sam, and we're happy to have you here because there's still a couple events coming up in the scouting calendar uh, this weekend 
Um, we'll have the Memorial Cup. Um, it's uh, hosted by the Kamloops Blazers. Um, WHL uh, entry is Seattle Thunderbirds, Peterborough Peets, with uh, Owen Beck, uh, Canadians prospect, and of course Patrick Waz, Quebec Ramparts. Now we don't have a necessarily um, a, a top ten pick uh, that we're going to see um, Zach ben- or like a Zach Benson, Winnipeg Ice, beaten out by the the Thunderbirds. Uh, but that's an event on on the calendar, and then uh, following it up uh, quickly is is the NHL Combine. So, um, what can you tell us about what scouts are doing to uh, kind of add to the information they already have from their on ice evaluations? Well, I think it starts probably some of your your high level guys are over at the at the men's worlds just trying to get a feel. There's there's three or four players over there from. Um, you know, Adam Fantilli is over there. Mm-hmm. He's a highly touted prospect, expected to go number two. David Reinbacher uh, hasn't played quite as much as what he plays in the Swiss League, but the Austrian defenseman uh, has raised a lot of eyebrows, and he'll be a fascinating study to watch. We'll talk a little bit more about him uh, later on. And then you've got Leo Carlson um, and Oscar Fisker Molgard. So there's, there's plenty of interest because those guys are expected, to, at least three of them expected to be in the top 10. Um, and I think you can get a lot of important eyes uh, over there as well. And it gives you an opportunity to see some of your drafted prospects like, a, you know, Philly's got Goche over there. It'd be a good opportunity to see how he's progressed and he's played pretty well for the U.S. Um, and any other kind of drafted prospects that either haven't quite made their way over from Europe or, you know, at that point where they need to start getting over to North America. So that... I think that element is still uh, pretty key. Of course, the Memorial Cup, you know, the, the dream scenario for scouts would have been to have had London, Halifax, and, and <laughs> Seattle all in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, with, with Dylan McKinnon uh, out there in Halifax, Matthew Cataford, um, and then London with, with Bonk, Barkey, Easton Count as a guy who's really come on uh, of late. Would have been interesting to see uh, him. Uh, and that group of, of London Knights, uh, you know, participate in the cup, but that's not going to be the case. Having said that, I think Seattle's got a couple of really sneaky guys there, um, two of which may end up in the first round with with Nico Miatovic and uh, and uh, Grayson Sachin. And then they've got a defenseman that no one's really talking about that I think is probably a, a top 60 pick in the name of Sawyer Minio. So when it comes to the scouting calendar, you got probably your higher end eyes over uh, watching the men's worlds. You're going to have a number of scouts that make it into um, Kamloops for the Memorial cup. And then of course you have the preparations going on for the combine, which gets going June 4th till the 10th uh, in, in Buffalo. And that, you know, the key element for me that, that comes out of that is the, is the face-to-face meetings with, uh, with players and, and team personnel. So still quite a bit of lifting to do. And you know, Rick, it's funny because you, you ask that question, you say, well, how much more can they know about these hockey players? <laughs> I think from a hockey perspective, the, the books are, are almost closed on these guys, but it's the character stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. And that's been an ever-growing um, you know, element, a uh, key element to, to the draft process. And that's, you know, you can hunker down on that when you get to Buffalo and, and get into the combine. Now, it's it's been kind of the the Connor Bedard draft for quite a bit now. Um, but we know now that it's it's all but a given that he's going to become a Chicago Blackhawk, going to an original six team. Um, you know, this is the end of, uh, most likely the end of his amateur career, wrapping up the end of his junior career. Um, and just wondered if you could 
you know, not to overlook this, what everyone is, many people are calling this generational player in this draft. Uh, just if you could discuss just a bit, just how special of a player Connor, Connor Bedard is and, and, and what a moment this kind of is in, in history uh, as he, as he comes into the NHL draft. Well, I, you know, from the historical perspective, you think about the Chicago Blackhawks and what that uh, organization has been through, self-inflicted for the for the most part, mind you, um, mm-hmm. and, and and trying to recapture some of the glory that they experienced with the three cups from 2010 to to 2015, and this is obviously the building piece uh, to do that with Connor Bedard. So I, I really look at Connor um, and frame it in a way that, as Patrick Kane was in 2000 and and uh, seven. I think we're going to see Connor Bedard have that sort of impact for the organization uh, moving forward. In terms of Connor himself, you know, the best way I frame his success, if you will, through his junior career is, you know, 141 games with the Regina Pats and his WHL career, 141 goals and 290 points. So to break it down, if you know nothing about hockey at all, and you know that there's a guy out there who scored a goal per game and had two points per game, you know, you'd probably be looking at the league's next best uh, superstar. Uh, so that is is really kind of a cool thing. Like, from a historical perspective, you can look at the first uh, WHL player granted exceptional status. You can compare him with, uh, you know, the McDavid's, uh, the Ekblad's, uh, the guys that have come before him, uh, John Tavares, who've been given granted that exceptional status and have had a lot of success. So, you know, um, when it comes to... To Bedard as a young man, just a fantastic young man who's got great, uh, you know, thirst for the game. He's unbelievably competitive. I think that's probably an element that doesn't get talked about enough when it comes to Connor. His will to win and help will his teammates and those around him to win, I think, is a real phenomenal asset that doesn't get uh, enough credit. Um, and then you're looking at the guy who essentially ended his junior career with with 20 points in the seven-game series against the Saskatoon Blades when many, myself included, didn't ever think they had a chance in that series. And, you know, Connor almost single-handedly was able to stretch it out to seven games. Lots of really neat things that that you can talk about with Connor, but I think the most telling for me is is a goal per game and two points per game over the course of his uh, Western Hockey League career. So in your, and we should say that um, your... uh, draft prospect rankings the may edition came out about a week ago um and uh, and you can find that at sportsnet.ca um in in your rankings uh, you talked about three players that really deserved uh, to be in the conversation uh for number two um with fantelli who you mentioned earlier Car- leo carlson and Michkov. um h- how do you uh, compare and contrast those three players well, I, I put Madmi Michkov in, in a box by himself just because from a talent perspective, he definitely deserves to be in the conversation, but there are so many other mitigating elements to mm-hmm. what's going to happen to this player that it's really, he's kind of in his own his own box, if you will. You know, you have the contract situation, you have the geopolitical situation, um, you, you know, you have the family situation um, and, and how tough that would be on a young man with, with the passing of dad. Like, I, I can't imagine that. And then thinking about potentially leaving home to, to come and play hockey in North America, like these are these are things that I have a hard time fathoming with that young man. And I, 
I just, I feel for him. I feel for him because in your draft year, it's supposed to be the most glorious thing. You're supposed to be doing your thing. You're supposed to be being seen by a million scouts. And, and obviously that, that hasn't happened. So there remains, I, I think, a shroud of mystery uh, around this player in terms of who he is as a person, uh, in terms of being able to, to get live viewings of him, although I, that has happened for a number of NHL teams who do have Russian-based scouts. Mm-hmm. You know, your higher-end scouts, and for the most part, your scouting directors haven't had that opportunity. So I, I think from, a, from that perspective, I feel sorry for the young man. Uh, and from a pure hockey draft perspective, he's he's in his own box. Now, when it comes to the other two, why they deserve consideration, both Leo Carlson and Adam Fantilli, is I think their size is what separates them from the rest of this really skilled draft class in terms of not smallish, but average to just below average size players in that, you know, 5'10 to, to 6 foot range, 165 pounds to 185 pounds. We're seeing a lot of those guys, the Zach Benson, the Riley Heights, the Braden Yagers, they're all of similar size and skill set. The difference with Carlson at, you know, 6'3", 190 pounds, and Fantelli at whatever, 6'2", and 185 pounds is these guys are able to bring size to the table. And when you have two players who you feel are close, um, you know, you're always going to lean to the guy who's bigger. And that's why those two, I think, are, are separated from the rest of the pack when it comes to their skill sets, who are equally as skilled as some of those average to smaller size players, yet they're bigger. So, you know, Fantelli can really control the game himself down the middle of the ice. Leo Carlson, I think, you know, surprised a lot of people by centering Sweden's first line here at the Men's Worlds, which I didn't expect to happen, considering that in the SHL, he played mostly on the wing this year. So that's a factor that if you're projecting him down the middle of the ice, he probably has some additional value to what you may have seen from him in the SHL during the regular season. But honestly, just the one thing that separates those two guys from the rest of the class is their size, yet they're not giving up any of the skill you might expect when being compared to those smaller uh, skilled players. So now we're getting into the range in your rankings uh, where the Canadians might uh, um, fall. And, and with the, the number five overall pick um, in your rankings, so we talked about Zach Benson and um, um, undersized, very skilled player. And then the line mates, uh, Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, um, and, and maybe even th- throw Col- uh, Colby Barlow in there as well as, as being in that range where the Montreal Canadiens will be picking. So the, the fascinating thing for me is let's let's re-enter Mitchkov into the consider, into consideration here. And let's say he goes in the top four picks. You're probably looking at Bedard, Fantilli or Carlson, Fantilli or Carlson at three, Mitchkov at four, if that's the way it goes. And now you're sitting here at number five. The prime target for me at that point, if Mitchkov does go in the top four, would be Will Smith, only because of the knowledge that GM Kent Hughes has with the player. Yeah. having coached him previously with the Boston Junior Bruins. Mm-hmm. So you know the person inside and out. I think the skill set with his speed, his ability to make plays at speed and play with pace are something that are definitely an area in which Montreal wants to take its forward route to. And I think he'd fit in perfectly um, you know, to do that. Plus, he plays the middle of the ice. That's always got added value. And if you're projecting down the road, you, you might be thinking about a, a one-two punch of you know, Suzuki and Smith down the middle of the ice, that's pretty good. So when when you look at, 
and again, um, taking Mitchkoff out of the equation, Smith probably ends up in the four hole, and so you're sitting there at five with a number of options. I, I'm a big Ryan Leonard fan. I've had him higher on my list, I think, than most people have had all year. I just love that he's able to play a, a more of a power game. Um, you know, his game is complete. He really shoots the puck well, so he's got that goal-scoring ability. Uh, he's got the tenacious compete uh, level to his game. And so he's a guy that I, that I really, really like. Where I think things might, um, you know, change for Montreal is if you're looking at their decor and the way it is now, you know, you've got some young guys coming there with, the, you know, Harris has really come a long way. Obviously, Caden Gooley, I think highly of him. You think about Armour Jack, I think probably a third pairing guy, maybe even a seventh guy moving forward here. And the eventuality that, that uh, you know, David Savard and, and Joel Edmondson will move on, maybe one of them as early as this summer, you want to think about restocking that that part. So David Reinbacher, to me, uh, all of a sudden enters the conversation at number five. And the reason I say that is because I do believe there is a bit of a gap between the top two defensemen, Reinbacher and Axel Sandin Pelica. I have Reinbacher ahead. That's changed for a lot of people now. But if you want that high-end defenseman, a right-shot guy, again, added value, you're probably going to have to jump at five to get him. And so I think he enters the conversation. So I'd be looking at Smith, if Mitchkoff goes ahead in the top four. I'd be looking at Ryan Leonard, it's a player I really, really like. I'd be looking at a guy like David Reinbacher if they want to address a, a defensive need. And again, probably not really a reach for Reinbacher to be selected at five. But if you want that defense and that high-end guy, you probably have to jump there to get him. So many possibilities. Love all of the possibilities. Um, but Montreal's possibilities in the first round don't end there. They, of course, have uh, the late first round pick that belongs to uh, Florida. And as it continues to look, it's getting it's looking more and more like that might be a 31 or 32 pick um, as as Florida continues to power on. Um, who do you see? towards the the very bottom of the first round as as being a best available that the Habs could potentially target at that if if they decide to go with that pick. Yeah, so that's that, that's fascinating to me because I think you know, if you went to the start of March, you're probably thinking, "Oh my gosh, we're going to get an unprotected lottery pick here from the Florida <laughs> Panthers." Right. And next thing you know, they come in as the 8th seed and, you know, pretty one game away from going to the cup. So Pretty tough, uh, tough watching, I'm sure, for for Jeff Gordon and, and Ken Hughes and <laughs> and Marty St. Louis having to watch what's going on there uh, with the Florida Panthers. But when when you get down to that part of the draft, I think there's a number of ways in which you can go. And if they keep that, I think some of that will be dependent on what happens at five. So if we assume that Reinbacher is the guy that they take, they go with a defenseman there. You're probably looking at a forward. Some of the names I'd be thinking about there would be. Cohen Zemer plays for Prince George, a little bit of a Josh Anderson type of guy. And, uh, you know, I think everyone is is very familiar with how much Montreal likes Josh Anderson and and what kind of player he can be when he plays at the top of his game. That heavy power forward type who has the ability to shoot the puck, has a little bit of old school and will drop the mitts if he needs to. I think Cohen Zemer is that type of guy. I think there's a guy in Hamilton by the name of Nick Lardis who I'd have to go back and do the numbers, but there was one point very late in the year where he had scored the most goals of any CHL player not named Connor Bedard since the January 10th trade deadline. Mm. A wonderful skater. 
um, and a guy who who took off when he moved from Peterborough to Hamilton. And Hamilton, um, you know, former Montreal uh, scout Matt Turk is now the general manager with the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he definitely had uh, um, you know Lardis as a target. And I also think that that familiarity with the Montreal staff knowing Matt Turk as well as they do will maybe have additional information on Nick Lardis. And that might be a deciding factor uh, if they go with a defenseman at five to take a guy like Lardis there. There's some other guys that I think about. Nico Miatovic, who, who plays in Seattle, is one of those super reliable two-way guys. Although he plays on the wing, you'd prefer a center. But you also really appreciate the two-way game that he brings to the table. I think about all the rock stars that Seattle has, and it's Nyadovic that's getting all of the, the key high-leverage moments there, whether it's late in the game, a tie game, down a goal, up a goal, protecting the lead. He's out there for, for head coach Matt Odette in all of those important situations. And I think that speaks volumes when you have, what is it, 10 or 11 NHL-drafted prospects uh, on your roster. So I'm, I'm you know... Lardis would be a guy there for sure. Now, if they end up going with a four, let's say Smith is taken at five, now maybe you go back to the defense well. And a guy like Lucas Dragosevic, who had a 27-game point streak with Tri-City in the Western Hockey League this year, would be a guy who you know, would maybe give Montreal that, that dynamic element um, in terms of providing offense from the back end. It's something that I don't really see them having right now. Um, where it's more by committee as opposed to one guy doing the heavy lifting on the offensive side of the puck from a defenseman he'd be of interest to, to me there um so those those would definitely be a, a couple of names that i would uh, i would consider in that spot maybe one other guy would be like a the, there, there's casper haltonen and jesse kiskinen both of finland would be two interesting guys um you know the Montreal Canadiens are very familiar with what finnish players can bring to the table so those would be two other names that I'd throw in there. And maybe a Grayson Sachin, a uh, guy who plays in, in Seattle, came out of the U.S. under-18 program, uh, ended up with Seattle, didn't get a ton of time in the power play, still put up right around a point per game, and has had a pretty decent playoff. So I think we got five or six names there. Sorry to inundate you with all those names. No, that's, those that's good. The, those would be the players I'd be looking at there. So uh, we appreciate your time, and, and uh, if we can just hold you for one more question, because um, we haven't got to talk about goaltenders yet, and um, you don't have a goaltender in your top 32, but the Canadians have a, an early second-round pick, and um, you know at the top of the uh, uh, rankings are a, a Michael uh, Rabble, um, uh, that six-foot-six uh, uh, raw talent uh, in Omaha. There's Carson Bjarnason and Brandon, um, maybe even a Trey Augustine with the, the U.S. Development Program. Is there a, who do you like in 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 the grouping of goaltenders that that might might go early and might start a run on goaltenders? Yeah, so so that's a really great question, and you you know typically that run starts at about pick number forty. But again, if you really have an inkling for someone you like and you want to address that need, and I think that would be. Um, you know, definitely in Montreal's wheelhouse at that point, you might have to jump on a guy with that early pick in round number two, uh, just before 40 to try and get that guy. So I, I've been a big fan of Bjarnason. I like his size, calm, poise, um, but his numbers haven't been spectacular, albeit with a, with an average to slightly below average Brandon team. 
you know, everyone's going to fall in love with the size of Rabel. Trey Augustine is a guy that I'd keep an eye on. But again, at 6-1, is that the road you want to go down uh, with the goaltender when there are some bigger guys uh, available? You know, an interesting guy, and, and we saw it, uh, is Adam Gahan, um, who played at the World Stringer. Juniors, named the goalie of the tournament, and really came out of nowhere. I mean, playing in the NAHL, loaned to the USHL, ends up showing up at the World Juniors almost by mistake or by accident or through injury. And turns out to be the goalie of the tournament. So he's a kind of an interesting guy for me. I'm not really all that excited about what Europe has to offer in the goaltending market this year. Um, you're looking at a Sohanek who also played at the World Juniors. He plays in Tri-City. There'd be a lot of familiarity with him. Um, but I think you really have to be in love with one of those guys in order to jump on where Montreal is going to pick early in round two. Um, I... You know, it, it's funny because you you think about Carey Price, and he's also always the prime example of taking a guy in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely not something that I um, have uh, promoted or, you know, something that I've been a big proponent of in the past. So when you get into round two, with the depth of this year's draft, especially with Montreal's picking, I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to find a round one guy there who's not a goaltender and I would suspect that would be the way they go and maybe roll the dice with someone a little bit later um, in the draft when it comes to the goaltenders. Absolutely fascinating. I, you know, the draft is always such an exciting time of year and is always fascinating to watch. But this year, I think everyone's going to have even more of, of a dynamic form of entertainment, watching what happens and all of the, the weaving and dodging and moving that's going to happen. There are so many great possibilities. Uh, the depth and talent in this draft is just phenomenal. And uh, in accordance with that, your insight, Sam, uh, is always just as phenomenal as well. And we can't thank you enough for joining us again on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, that is Sam Cosentino, NHL draft analyst for Sportsnet. Be sure to keep an eye out for uh, more draft-related content coming from Sam at sportsnet.ca. Uh, I do believe you'll have uh, a mock out probably in June, maybe. Um, and uh, always great content, always a great conversation. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us today. Amy, my pleasure. Rick, great talking to you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Happy to do it anytime. And uh, I'll be watching as well uh, with, uh, with wide open eyes uh, as to what the Montreal Canadiens do, because uh, what they do, because that fifth pick has, uh, has great intrigue for me. That's for sure. Thanks very much. Well, that was terrific. Uh, we got to thank Sam very much for uh, making time to uh, be part of this uh, podcast. Uh, Sam, it, incredible amount of of information uh there and and sam was just getting ready to uh head down to new jersey to to uh, uh be on the nhl network um but uh, was kind enough to to uh talk about his rankings uh, which you can find on the sportsnet uh website uh, their sportsnet's uh, may the may edition of their 2023 nhl draft prospect rankings um, and specifically, he, he talked about um, um, players who, who Kent Hughes might, uh, might be interested in at that uh, number five overall spot. And I found it really interesting that uh, Russ Cohn last week, episode 244, if you haven't heard it yet, focused on, on Meechkoff and Benson and Smith and, and Dvorsky. And there was a completely new set, almost new, um, a completely new 
uh, this week uh, uh, with Sam talking about Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, who who you heard he really likes, and a defenseman, uh, David Reinbacker. So, um, and and then going on to to offer six uh, possible players who the, uh, the Canadians might consider um, with their second uh, first round pick. Um, tremendous, uh, tremendous information. Yeah, so big thank you to Sam Cosentino, and uh, I should also give a nice uh, thank you to Amy Johnson for stepping in as well uh, to take over the host chair for a little bit. Uh, Really awesome interview. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed listening to it. And uh, before we head off into our Have Your Say segment, I'll leave you with a question to think about uh, while you listen to a message. And uh, the question is, should Kent Hughes pass on the forward talent at the top of the draft and select a defenseman at fifth overall. We want to make sure that we hear from you. And uh, at this point, we'll be taking our final break. Uh, We'll take a little message from our sponsors. Uh, Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Let's face it, with coffee starting at five bucks, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Now, Why would you want to spend a little bit less on earbuds? Well, because let's face it, getting good quality earbuds or headphones can sometimes really break the bank. And to find a product that has premium quality audio with tons of features at a really reasonable price is kind of one of those leprechauns that you want to take advantage of. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other, more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat-fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, and I have to say, I'm one of them. I am a Raycon user. I have a pair of the Everyday Earbuds, and they're just phenomenal. They are so comfortable. There are lots of different custom gel tips, so you get a perfect, really comfortable in-ear fit, uh, really good um, noise isolation. There's an awareness mode, so you can let some some outside noise seep in if you want to be aware of what's going on around you. Customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, you name it, these earbuds have it. So, what to do now? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back to episode 245 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And as we get to our Have Your Say segment, there are a few things I want to let uh, our listeners know about, and uh, I know it's going to be a busy off-season, and uh, these Montreal Canadiens are going to have no shortage in headlines as we lead up to the draft. Here's where you can find everything you need to know. So just head over to HabsHockeyReport.com and check out Chris G's weekly Habs notepad that comes out every Monday. That's going to be your source for all the news, anything to do with the Montreal Canadiens. He's got you covered. We're also going to be sprinkling in some Habs headlines as they happen. Uh, As uh, we go through the summer, uh, we will also have some feature articles on there. So make sure you head over to HabsHockeyReport.com and check out everything that we have up there. If uh, you're interested as well, head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search at all Habs and you will find Amy's Habs Hockey Report that comes out every single Thursday. And she gives you a nice topic. Uh, She gives you a rundown of everything that went down this week. Uh, Leave a comment, uh, leave a like, subscribe. Amy is great at interacting with all the viewers. Uh, If you leave a comment, she'll likely respond to it. And if she likes it enough, she might even read it on the air. So uh, make sure you head over there and check that out. Plus, check out all of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. First and foremost, The Press Zone. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. That comes out every single Tuesday. That's hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, sometimes Rick Stevens as well. That's going to be your source for everything AHL, Habs Prospect, and uh, Laval Rocket. So there's going to be plenty of stuff uh, for them to talk about uh, over the next few weeks as well uh, with the the AHL playoffs. So make sure you check that out. Also, check out this podcast, The Canadians Connection, at uh, canadiansconnection.fm. Hit the subscribe button in the player wherever you're listening. We're going to be here every single Saturday through the busy offseason to give you updates on everything Montreal Canadiens. So if you like what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, share it with all your friends, let them know, and uh, that goes a long way in helping us out. So our Canadians Connection question of the week is, should Kent Hughes pass on forward talent at the top of the draft and select a defenseman with the fifth overall pick? We want to hear from you. Make sure that uh, you reach out to us and let us know. And uh, in fact, we actually have... uh, a message from one of our listeners, Phil from Montreal, who reached out to us on Twitter, responding uh, to last week's episode uh, uh, in regards to Dvorsky being in the mix. Uh, that's Canadians Connection uh, episode 244. And uh, Rick, what did Phil have to tell us? Phil said, in his opinion, uh, it won't be Dvorsky not in the mix. He, in his opinion, uh, he's a good player, but not top five. Uh, if meet if not Meechkoff, I'd go with Will Smith, uh, says uh, Phil. Uh, but it all depends who's left at five. Well, of course, um, and that's the 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 top of the the draft. Other than than Connor Bedard and perhaps uh, Adam Fantilli, there's uh, uh, it's a bit volatile the next few picks, and and it will really depend on what's available um, and which direction, uh, that, uh, the, uh, Kent Hughes and the Canadians want to go into. Uh, we heard, uh, some really good reasons, uh, from Russ Cohen last, um, last episode on why the Canadians might want to include Dvorsky in that discussion. Uh, and we heard today from Sam, uh, Cosentino about why they might include David 
Rittenbacker, uh, uh, Reinbacker, um, in the conversation, a defenseman at number five. So um, there's a lot of, of uh, discussion out there, and there'll be a lot of discussion by the Canadians, and and uh, they're going to include information they get from the upcoming combine in, in Buffalo as well. Um, so there's a lot of discussion out there uh, from Canadians fans, and that's why we're asking you. We want to hear from you and send us a text, send us an email, or reach out to us on social media. Yeah, and just like Phil did, and uh, if we like it enough, we will read it on the air for you. We're uh, going to try to read more uh, questions or uh, just anything that our listeners send our way uh, throughout the summer. Uh, before we uh, head into the end of this episode, I uh, just wanted to send out a few thank yous. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to Sam Cosentino for lending us uh, time out of his very busy schedule to talk to us about the upcoming draft and uh, give us some thoughts on who the Montreal Canadiens uh, could target. And also, uh, I believe we have to send out a nice thank you to Brandy Satterley. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us about this? Brandy Satterley is a, is a sports fan, is, is a Canadians fan, uh, but primarily she is an artist, uh, a painter. Uh, and uh, um, she is a Canadiana uh, painter uh, located in Victoria. Um, all kinds of uh, her, her art um, focuses on, on Canadian topics, which includes hockey. And she did a very famous uh, painting uh, called Red, White, and Dryden, uh, that is uh, Ken Dryden's pretzel mask uh, on on a Canadian flag, um, and uh, she sent me a print of that. I was able to get it framed and and on the wall. It looks tremendous. Um, so we just want to thank Brandy for that. And uh, if you're looking for Canadian artists, if you're looking for um, uh, that kind of uh, artwork, uh, look for Brandy Satterley. She is one of the best in Canada. And uh, I would also like to send out a nice big congratulations to one of our Rocket Sports contributors, Nathan, who uh, recently got engaged. Uh, so big uh, congratulations to him. And uh, that's an absolutely monumental moment. And uh, nice to see that uh, he was able to complete that task in his life. <laughs> Nathan is is great. He joined us. He's our, uh, one of our social media specialists. And uh, and he and Emma got, uh, got engaged and, and we're absolutely thrilled for both of them. And finally, uh, before uh, we end the show, uh, we'd like to send a nice happy Memorial Day to our neighbors down south of the border in uh, the USA who get a nice long weekend this week. So that's, uh, I believe, Canada got ours uh, last week. We had the Monday off, and uh, now it's time for uh, the USA to have uh, an extra little holiday in there. So happy Memorial Day to everyone south in the border. The question now is whether they will be watching a gold medal game on uh, on Sunday. And uh, as I understand, as we're uh, recording, that Germany has tied it with 122 left in the game. And uh, they're going into overtime. The U.S. and Germany tied 3-3. Oh, wouldn't that be something? So uh, it's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, please make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite post podcast app. Also, share on social media with all your friends if you liked what you heard today. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, June the 3rd, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.